here speaking to you guys tonight. Super excited for this series. If you know, I'm pretty much super excited all my, all my life about anything, but I'm especially excited about this series because it's going to be a lot of fun. And you know, I was thinking about this series, the love series. We've got Valentine's Day coming up and we've got Love is Red coming up and we live in a world that's obsessed with love. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but we're obsessed with love. We watch Titanic and we're just like, ah, goals. And we watch The Notebook and we're like, ah, goals. And you know, you all have that favorite movie. Guys might not relate to this, but girls have that favorite movie. Every time it comes on TV, you have to stop and watch. It doesn't matter how many times you've seen it before. You already know what's going to happen. You already know who's going to end up with who, but you got to watch it because it's your favorite movie and you just can't take it when Mr. Darcy is saying those things. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We're obsessed with love. That's the only reason I even wanted to go see the new Hunger Games movie was because I had to know, does she wind up with Gail or does she wind up with PETA? I don't care what happens. I just got to know. Who does she end up with? And we're obsessed with love. So we're going to kick off the love series tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, One cool thing about this series, every message is going to be named after a song. If you didn't catch on, I'm telling you. So tonight's message is going to be called, What is Love? Does anybody know that song? It's a real throwback. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad you guys know that. So let's get started here. I'll go have you um, go ahead and have you turn to 1 John 4, and you can park it there for a minute. But, you know, it's important to talk about love because, like I said, we live in a world that is obsessed with love. We love love. People spend their whole lives searching for love, getting over love, finding new love, looking for the right love, wondering if it's real love. Everything is about love. We're looking for love. And, you know, tonight we're going to break down some of the misconceptions about love because what we've got to realize is love is not some elusive thing we have to chase after because love is chased after us. Love came down when Jesus came and that love has pursued us. So love is not something that's elusive, something that we've got to search for and try and find. You know, love really cannot be found in human relationships. Now you can love people and they can love you, but human love is fickle. And that means that it's kind of wishy-washy. Some days it's strong, other days it's not so strong. When you're really annoyed at someone, you, you can say, well, yeah, I love you, but please leave me alone. Please step away from me because I don't really want you near me right now. That's human love. And that's why it's not satisfying because it's not consistent. It's not there. People are not going to be there every time we need them to be there, but there's somebody else who is. You know, another thing that I was thinking about, love is not found in a career or in your accomplishment or achievement. A lot of times people will tell you, you know, the meaning of life is it's just to find your passion. If you can find what you love, you're going to be satisfied. And you know what? If you find that in God, you will be satisfied. But if you're looking for it in a career or an education or a job, it's not going to last and it's not going to satisfy you. So so these are the things sometimes that we hear about love. You know, love is, is just, you've just got to find your one true love. If I could just find my soulmate, if I could just find that person to complete me. Well, hold on. People aren't designed to complete you, and I'm going to show you why tonight. So our message is called, What is Love? And when you think about it, it's kind of hard to define love sometimes. But like I said, we're obsessed with love, and that's because God created us to want love and to give love. So that's fine. Like I said, our world's obsession with love, God placed that in us. God wants us to love and be loved. But we've got to recognize where do we find that? Where does it come from, and what does love really mean? So let's take a look at First John 4. And everything I'm going to be reading is out of the New Living Translation. 
as per usual tonight. So we're going to look in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So what's that last part say? For God is love. And if you've grown up in church or if you've been to church a lot, I could have pulled you up here and I probably could have said, hey, what is love? And you would have known to say, oh, God is love, God is love. But that's really kind of vague. Okay, God is love. Okay, great. I'll put that on a t-shirt. Not sure how it applies. So we're going to look at that tonight. God is love. And you know, I believe to really understand what that means, we need to look at how his love is demonstrated. When we look at the demonstrations of God's love, we're able to put a much better definition on it than just to say, well, God is love. No, let's look at how God shows us his love. What does his love mean? What was the reaction to his love? Then we can truly bring a definition to love. So God's demonstrations of love allow us to really define love. And that's what we're going to look at tonight. So let's turn over to John 3.16, probably the most famous Bible verse in the world. And rightfully so, it's a good one. And John 3.16, of course, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So tonight I'm going to be highlighting three points about love, three demonstrations of God's love. And the first one is that God's love gives. Love gives. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God's response from his love was to give. That was his natural instinct. Hey, I love you, so I'm going to give the best thing that I have. I love you, so I'm going to give you all that I have. I love you, so I'm going to give. His love fueled his giving. So that's the first earmark of God's love, is that his love gives. Real love gives. Let's turn over to 2 Corinthians 12. We're going to take a look starting in verse 14. And it says, Now I'm coming to you for the third time, and I will not be a burden to you. This is Paul, and he's talking to a church that he's going to go visit. I don't want what you have. I just want you. After all, children don't provide for their parents. Rather, parents provide for their children. And here's the part I want to focus on, verse 15. I will gladly spend myself and all I have for you, even though it seems that the more I love you, the less you love me. Now, that's a big statement. He's saying to these people, I'm going to give you everything I have. I'm going to give you all of me. I'm going to give you the best of me, even though it seems like the more more I love you, the less you love me. That's some major giving right there. That's the kind of love that we're talking about. Love gives. And you know what? That love is not earned. What is he saying? I'm going to love you more and more and more, even if you love me less and less. I'm going to be more passionate about you, even if you're less passionate about me, because that love, real love, is not earned. If it's been earned, then it's not love. Love says I love you no matter what. Love says I love you no matter how you feel about me, no matter what you you do for me or you don't do for me, if you ignore me for the whole rest of your life, I love you. And that's real love because like I said, 
If it's been earned, it's not love. Love is unmerited. Real love is unearned. And it's steady no matter what you do, no matter what somebody else does. Love gives, and it, it gives lavishly. What did he say there? He said, I will gladly spend myself in all that I have for you. All that I have for you. That's a really big statement. That's a really big statement. But here's what we've got to realize about God's love. It's generous, and it's lavish. It does not hold back no matter what. So the first point tonight, love gives. And if it's been earned, then I would, I would dare say it's not really love because love says, I'm going to give you everything I have no matter what you give me. Even if you never give me anything, I'm going to give you everything I have because love gives. So that's the first point I want you to remember tonight. Real love gives. And if you want to turn over next to Ephesians 2. And I found a couple awesome quotes about love. This one was by St. Augustine. I don't know if I've ever read a quote by him before, but this was good. It says, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. He loves you as if there was nobody else in the world. And then I, I read a quote by Rick Warren. It said, God is love. He didn't need us, but he wanted us. And that is the most amazing thing. What is he saying? He didn't need us. God doesn't need anything. He had everything he wanted, everything he needed, but he wanted us because real love gives. He wanted us and he wanted to give us a relationship and give us life. So let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 4. It says, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, watch what he did, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And you know, what, what's that say here? It says, Even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. So the second point I want to bring out here is that love gives life. Love brings life. And, you know, I was thinking about this. Typically, when things are dead, you kind of, you give up on those things. Has anybody in here ever had a pet that died? Anybody? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Once that pet died, you didn't go looking for it anymore. You didn't go dig it up out of the grave. If you buried your first goldfish in your backyard, created a burial site, whatever you did, you don't go looking for that pet anymore because why? It's dead. When something is dead, it no longer holds value in your life. You don't expect it to be a part of your life. You don't look for it in your life, and you're not looking to spend time with it because it's dead. We don't mess with dead stuff. Dead stuff stinks. Dead stuff is gross. It's of no value to us. If it's uh, dead, it's of no value. But that's not what God said when he saw us. He said, hey, even though you're dead, even though we were dead because of our sins, our own choices, we were dead, he He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. So his love brought us life. Real love brings life. And, you know, I want to encourage you to to take a look around you. And, you know, we see people all the time who maybe have dead areas of their life. Maybe you know somebody that really struggles with depression. Maybe you know somebody who's been through some hard times. Maybe they have a rough family life. Maybe they have a rough time at school and they get made fun of. You know, they probably feel dead in some areas. And we could probably say we've been there, man. If you've ever experienced any kind of big discouragement or depression or, you know, it's not a good feeling if you're getting made fun of at school, sometimes you can begin to feel dead in areas. And I want to encourage you tonight, you look around you for people in your life that have dead areas and you bring life to that because you can do that with God's love. You can demonstrate God's love to that person and you can bring life to areas that were dead just like God brought life to us when we were dead. You know, we... We should be bringing life to situations with our love. 
You can do that. The Bible tells us that when you receive Jesus into your heart and you're born again, his spirit lives inside of you and the love of God is inside of you. It's there for you to share, for you to bring life to other people, for you to see dead areas in other people's life and say, hey, it doesn't have to be that way. Love can fix that. Love can bring back life where you thought there was only death. So bring life to situations with your love. You know, a life without passion is a dead life. Some people's issue is, you know, maybe they really haven't had that hard of a life. You know, maybe they really haven't been through a whole lot, but they just don't have passion. They just feel like they don't know their purpose. They don't know why they're here. They just do the same old thing every day. A life without passion is a dead life. So you can share God's love with them and give them life in areas that they have not had it before because that's what God did for us. Even when we were dead in our sins, he gave his life for us. And we've got to realize we have the ability to bring life to people with our love and with God's love. So that's the second point tonight is that love brings life. Let's turn over to 1 John chapter 4. And like we were talking a minute ago, you know, We've got to stop just watching people struggle and start bringing life to them. Because it's easy, you know, I believe that we all probably feel bad for people when we see them struggling. I mean, I do. When your coworker is telling you about, you know, something awful that's gone on in their life, something awful that's gone on in their relationships, we feel bad for them. But we've got to stop just feeling bad for them and say, hold on, no, God has sent me here to bring life to them. I'm not here just to watch their struggle as a spectator, but I'm here to bring life to them through the love of God. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And you know, it says that really matter-of-factly. Hey, since God has loved us this much, it's not a big deal to love other people like that. Surely we ought to be loving other people like that because love revives, love inspires, and love renews hope. So when you see people in a struggle and you see people in challenges in your life, God has sent you there to bring his love to them and bring life to that situation. So that's our second point. First of all, love gives. Second of all, love brings life. And let's look at John chapter 13. Take a look at John chapter 13, and we'll start in verse 34. And it says, So now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. For your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So this is the third point I want to bring out tonight. We're going to spend a little extra time on this one. But the third point that I want to say about love that helps us, helps us define it, helps us bring boundaries to it and a definition to it, love draws people to Jesus. And this is the ultimate purpose of love. You know, the world tells us that love, love is about how you feel. Love is something that you feel. Love is something that someone else feels. Maybe you're going to be in love with them. Oh, but one day you might wake up and stop being in love with them because love is all about how you feel. But that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible says that we should love each other just as God has loved us. So that's what we've got to realize. Love is not a feeling. 
love was a choice. And sometimes love comes with feelings, but love is always a choice. Love is always a choice to put somebody else first. And that's what God did for us. That's what Jesus did for us. The Bible tells us he came to this earth. That's a downgrade from heaven. Hello. If I was in heaven, I probably would not want to come down to this earth. But he came to this earth. He lived a life as a human. And when it came time for him to go to the cross, what did the Bible say? The Bible said he was so stressed out. He was so consumed with it. He was literally sweating blood. He was saying, Father, if there's any other way to save these people, let, let's do that. Is there, is there a plan B? Is there another option? But if there's not, I'll do what you've asked me to do. And what he was asked to do was to die for us and to go to hell for us so that we don't have to. You know, Jesus made a choice. I'm sure it was not what he felt like doing because nobody feels like being murdered and nobody feels like going through what he had to go through. None of us would feel like doing that. But, you know, he made a choice because he loved us, because he saw us and not his own desires. He made a choice that, you know, I'm choosing love. I'm choosing love because I know that it's going to save their life. And, you know, I believe tonight if we learn to choose love, it can save the lives of some other people. You know, depression and suicide, it's a real thing in schools these days. It's a real thing that young people deal with, that old people deal with, that all kinds of people deal with. And, you know, I believe that love can save people's lives. God loves God's love can, and Jesus' love saved our lives. He made a choice, and it was a choice that was not convenient. It was a choice that was not easy. It was a choice that didn't feel good. But he made that choice because he knew it was going to save our lives. And, you know, love draws people to Jesus. And the greatest purpose of love is to bring people to Jesus. And, you know, there's a lot of things that, that people think about Jesus. You can look up videos on YouTube of people asking people on the street, well, what do you think of Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? Who do you think Jesus was? And there's a million different answers. There's a million different answers from a million different people. But, you know, we've been put on this earth to show Jesus or to show people what Jesus is like through our love. That verse in John 13 says, For your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. And, you know, when people look at you, God has designed you to show them Jesus' love. God has designed you to be able to show people Jesus. People who don't know Jesus are not going to be able to see him if you don't show them love. It says, by your love, people are going to know. Hey, they're going to know what Jesus is like. They're going to know what Jesus is like, not because a preacher told them, not because they, you know, heard it from their parents. No, they're going to know what Jesus is like, like based on your love. Your love is going to show them Jesus. And there's so many misconceptions about Jesus the only way to change that is if we demonstrate his true character. And, you know, we a lot of us in here, we've grown up in church. We've been in the presence of God. We know what God's love feels like. We know that it's real. We know what it's like to be in the presence of God. But you've got to think, there are people who have had a life without the love of God. There are people who've had a life without God's presence. They don't know what God's love feels like. The only love they know is human love. And like I said earlier, Human love, it's, it's there one day and it's gone the next. It's not solid and it's not dependable. So that's why a lot of people have a really bitter attitude towards love. A lot of people love Valentine's Day and a lot of people hate Valentine's Day. You know, a lot of people have an awesome day. A lot of people buy pizza and just cry themselves to sleep at night. Why, why do they hate love? Somebody broke my heart. Oh, my God. Life is over. Why do they have that misconception of love? That's not love. What did we say earlier? Love gives. Love lavishly gives. Well, they only know. 
show human love. So it's our job to show them God's love because that kind of love is a different kind of love. And that's the kind of love that's going to change people's lives. So the only way that we can really show people Jesus is through our love. And I saw this on Twitter today. I followed Pastor Sims. Wasn't he awesome? Did anybody enjoy it when he was here? Sorry, we'll get this pulled up. It was awesome. It was so awesome, this something he had written on there. It says, when people who are living in sin encounter a true Christian, they should have the exact same experience that the woman at the well in John 4 had with Jesus Christ. So we, if you don't know the story of the woman at the well, it kind of tells it here. In John chapter 4, it says there was a lady at the well. Jesus saw her, and she was living in sexual sin and was far from God. She didn't know God. She wasn't being a good person. She wasn't living a good Christian life. She was known for the fact that she was sleeping around. Everybody knew it. It wasn't a secret. And Jesus went to talk to her on purpose. Instead of avoiding that person that he knew was living wrong, he went and talked to her on purpose. Through the conversation, she was so overwhelmed with truth and love that came from him, she not only turned her life around but brought her whole community to Christ. This world needs the same thing. Christ let this woman know another man was not her answer to love. Another relationship was not her answer. She was looking at the answer to all the hurt in her life. And you know what? He said something so awesome here. Through the conversation that she had with Jesus, she was so overwhelmed with the truth and love that came out of him that she not only turned her life around, but brought her whole community to Christ. What does that show us? Jesus' love is irresistible. It does not fail. If people see Jesus' love, they can't help but turn their life around. When people see Jesus' love and experience Jesus' love, they can't help but respond. They can't help but be drawn to that. They can't help but want that in their lives every single day. So you You know, I want to challenge you. I don't think it's as hard to talk to people, you know, about our church as we think. All that we've got to do is show them Jesus' love because that's what's irresistible. You know, great music is not irresistible. Maybe it helps, but it's not irresistible. You know, great preaching, maybe it helps, but that's not going to really keep people in church. That's not what's going to change their life. It's the love of God. It's seeing Jesus' irresistible love that is going to say, make them say, this is what I've been looking for. This is what I need. This is how I change, man. He loved me so much. He gave everything he had for me. He gave everything he had. So it's nothing for me to give him everything I have. Love draws people to Jesus, and his love is so irresistible. Once people have seen it and experienced it, they can never deny it. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. There's someone I was talking to recently, and they're not a part of our church anymore, and they're not a part of any church anymore. But when I was talking to them, they still can't deny the love of God. They still can't sit there and tell me Jesus is real. They told me, yeah, I remember, I remember those services where I felt God's presence so strongly and I knew God's love for me. Maybe they're not in church right now. Maybe they're not living for God right now, but God's love marked them so much that they can still say to me, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm out kind of doing my own thing, but I know God loves me. I know what his presence is like, and I know what his love feels like, because God's love marks people. So that is the ultimate goal of love. The ultimate goal of love is not for us to feel good. It's not a relationship. You know, it's not a feeling. It's not a romantic movie. It's not a Valentine's Day, se- you know, celebration. Real love, the greatest purpose of real love is to bring people to Jesus. So 
Those three points again tonight were that love gives. I'm going to look at my notes because I'm going to quote the second point wrong. (laughs) I had like two or three different names for it, and then I picked one, but I want to stay consistent. So (laughs) number one, love gives. Number two, love brings life. And number three, love draws people to Jesus. And I just want you to think about what Pastor Sim said tonight in that thing I read. I thought that was so awesome. That woman, just by talking to Jesus, first of all, Jesus saw her. He knew this lady had a bad reputation. He knew she had a reputation for being a dirty gal. He went and he talked to her on purpose. And because of the love that came out of him, she immediately turned her life around and brought all her friends, turned that whole city around to Jesus. So in conclusion here, I just want to read This quote, it's by a guy named Jerry Bridges, and it says, God's unfailing love for us is not an objective fact affirmed over and over in the scriptures. It is true whether we believe it or not. Our doubts do not destroy God's love, nor does our faith create it. Hey, that's interesting. It originates in the very nature of God, who is love, and it flows to us through our union with his beloved son. So I just want to encourage you guys tonight. We're going to be talking about love all month. We're super excited about this series. I want to thank every single one of you for coming tonight. Um, But, you know, think about that this week. How... How am I seeing God's love in my life? What was I thinking about love? And what was I maybe thinking wrongly about love? How do I need to redefine love in my life? Because like I said, the world will tell you love is a million things, but we got to turn to the Bible and see, hold on, hold on. What does God say that love is? So thank you all so much for coming and listening to me tonight. Pastor Jordan, do you need to do anything? Okay. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I didn't know if that means yes, I'm good or what? Perfect. Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much. I love every single one of you, and I appreciate you listening.